So once again, you are listening to the Independent News Hour on WBAI 99.5 FM, your listener-sponsored community radio station. And for our second segment, we are going to turn back to New York City, where Mayor Eric Adams has made homeless sweeps one of the defining features of his administration. The sweeps often end with people's few worldly possessions being tossed in the back of a garbage truck. The city was added again this morning. It dismantled a couple of encampments by the Manhattan Bridge. It also planned to oust a homeless encampment in Sarah Roosevelt Park at the intersection of Forsyth and Canal Streets, but they were thwarted when it discovered that their paperwork was not in order. The Independence Yastika Guru was on hand and we'll have more coverage from her up on independent.org tomorrow. One neighborhood resident she spoke with was Isabel, who was who sought to aid the homeless men instead of looking away or trying to involve the police. Isabel now joins us to talk about how she's chosen to respond to homelessness in her community. Isabel, we are very happy to have you here. Welcome to the show. I think you're muted, Isabel. It's okay. Um, I'm- um, once again. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. All right. There we go. Um, I'm happy to be here, too. Um, I basically, you want me to talk a little bit about why or how I even got involved in in doing, supporting? Yeah, absolutely. So just tell us how you came to know the homeless men who were sleeping on the sidewalk outside of the building last winter, and then why you decided to sort of get involved with and assist them instead of turning your back and maybe hoping the police would sweep them away. Um, so basically, I um, want to say that I'm immensely grateful to Black organizers and activists that I've met in 2020 during the protests. I got involved with doing some bike safety for protests, and through that experience, uh, learned and understood that safety can exist without police, um, and also learned about what is abolition, what is what can transformative justice look like, what does mutual aid look like. And um, I live in Chinatown, and there was a scaffolding around my building and there was a few unhoused residents who um, were living downstairs. And uh, I remember in back in March when uh, it must have been one of the first sweeps that they experienced. And I just looked out my window and I could hear I could hear the uh, garbage truck idling and um, for a while. So I, I looked and then I heard the, the neighbors yelling and screaming and saying, please don't throw our things away. Please don't throw our things away. And I witnessed the Department of Sanitation throw um, suitcases, blankets, clothing, um, just their personal belongings. And it brought me to tears because I felt it was really violent. And um, I was upset because I didn't know how to help them. Um, And then I found out that there was other people doing sweep defense, um, just, you know, through Instagram, but also through some of the community that had um, previously from the protests. And um, so... I think that this must have been in early April when there was another sweep and I, I still didn't really know what to do. And I saw there were some people helping them. So I just got dressed and went downstairs and then uh, just realized that it wasn't that complicated to help people. It was just asking, what do you need? Okay, you need your belongings moved down the street or you might need uh, food or you might need um, other assistance, um, you know, like maybe you want to go to a shelter, maybe you don't, like whatever the need is for the resident. So I just, um, I guess I kept doing it because I felt by myself when I saw it happen, I felt really powerless. But once I knew other people were doing it, it really gave me a lot of hope to be part of a change that I believe in and that I learned about in 2020. 
Um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's one particular couple of neighbors that they have now moved, um, down the street from me. And so I still go check in with them and help them with certain things. But, um, I'm really, um, excited today to share that, that, that this is something I do and it's not that complicated. Um, right. and, 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 uh, can you talk a little bit more, um, about, uh, some re- recent, uh, activities you, you were involved with where uh, you worked with some of your neighbors, including a, a, a shop owner, uh, to address a situation in, in which uh, the shop owner didn't necessarily want uh, people sleeping in front of his shop, but you, you all found a, a way to deal with this that didn't involve involving, it didn't involve bringing the police into it. Yeah, um, this is an incident that happened actually about, I want to say, a week ago. So, um, these particular residents, they had experienced um, several sweeps in July, July 3rd, 5th, 7th, 12th, 16th, and then today. Um, there's another one scheduled for the 22nd. So that, you know, including the 22nd, that would be seven sweeps. And so they had been swept from one side of Canal Street to the other side um, because the police basically just wants to move them. And if they go a block away, there's nothing they can do about it. So this shop owner had actually turned towards the residents compassionately and said, oh, can you please not obstruct the access to the basement? Can you, you know, how long are you going to be here? Just a few days is okay. But, you know, I, I want to be compassionate, but I'm also running a business. And so I had met him and said that I was supporting them and, and trying to help in several endeavors, including trying to get a storage unit and minimizing some of their belongings. And um, he said, well, you know, my patients will only go so far. And um, if they don't leave in a few days or if they don't leave by tomorrow, then I'll call the cops. And I said, will that be effective? And I said, what about I give you my phone number and you call me instead? Because I can't promise I can make happen what you need, but I can come down here and they have a relationship with me. And the next morning he called me and he says, oh, you know, can you come down um, and talk to them? There are some of their bags are on one of the areas that he didn't want it to be. So I came down and then went to the store later and said, Hey, just wanted to let you know I was here and we sorted it out and they thanked me and they seemed compassionate. And I really liked the experience of being a community with other people and, and not ignoring it, but, but um, stepping up and saying, how can we solve this? You know, calling the police is not solving it. It seems seems like just elaborate a little bit more on, on how those 2020 protests uh, really sort of uh, changed your, your thinking about the role of police and community? Um, just learning about uh, the violence and the police violence, the oppression, particularly of black people in this country and um, being in community with people who had similar values like other protesters. And, and so I, I joined a group that particularly would do bike support. So we'd go in the front and the back and, you know, on every protest, there'd be a rally. And so there'd be black organizers speaking and they would be speaking of alternative ways of living, of alternative ways of being in community, um, such as, uh, you know, what does it mean to have, um, to practice transformative justice instead of carceral justice? Or uh, what does mutual aid mean? What does it mean to keep us safe? You know, like who keeps us really safe? What does it mean? So just seeing in action um, what these these black organizers and 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 um, activists 
had been doing for a long time and just learning from them and seeing that our world is really, really broken and that there is a different way. And that's what it really means to me. Our relation to me really means, um, you know, creating a world that um, takes care of everybody and, and creating equity. And so that directly translates for me into um, treating my unhoused neighbors as neighbors and, of course, being, you know, mindful of, of people I don't know, but just saying these are people that live where I live and how, how can we help each other. So you've kind of had the chance to live out your abolitionist beliefs and make a difference right where you are. Yeah, and sometimes the difference, like what I do, it feels very small and I go home and I feel upset, but it's really the small things and the people I meet and seeing that there's there's other people out there. And I'm hoping that there's people listening, you know, that, that being in community with your neighbors, whether they're housed or not, like is possible. And um, it's not us against them. We're all we're all in this world. They're you know they're not they're just humans like like I am. Exactly. And and on that note, you know, um, you know, uh, myself and the Indian General has worked a lot with um, homeless communities um, in our coverage. It's something we try to highlight. Uh, talk a little bit about the difference between what maybe society, general society sees in a homeless person, which is someone who's been cut out of it, and then the reality of the wisdom that many homeless people, especially in New York, have about the city, its history, and its residents. I mean, I can speak for myself. I know before I started having a relationship with these specific unhoused neighbors, uh, I would maybe be afraid of them because they don't look clean often or sometimes, or I don't know them, and I don't know what their situation is, and they're just you know, portrayed in this, this story as that they're criminals or they're scary. So I, I had to unlearn that just because someone's living know their story and ask questions, you know, and, and learn and ask questions again and learn and just observe and see. And uh, my experience has been that, uh, that, like what you're saying, the wisdom, like like some of the ways that, I've met people that are unhoused, how they communicate, what they know about life, how accepting they are, but still they have to have hope, you know, and even little pockets of humor and um, just really um, exceptional in the way that people are honest, I think, and accepting, you know, that could be a situation where someone might ask me, can you get this for me? And I might say no, because I can't. I don't find that people give me pushback. Oh, please. Oh, please. Nagging this, that. No, nothing. They, they respect that I give what I can. And I wish that the general population was more like that. Right. And before we uh, go here in a minute, are there any uh, resources you want to point people to uh, in terms of uh, mutual aid or other um, resources or, um, that you're aware of? Yes, there's a, a few places that I'd like to plug in. There's um, Washington Square Park Mutual Aid, which happens every Friday from 5 to 8. Um, it's a place where you can get free food and free clothing. Um, their Instagram is at WSPMA. Um, they also accept donations. Like if, for example, someone isn't able to be actively on the ground, um, when I sometimes buy my unhoused neighbor a meal, I can get reimbursed. So like it's, it helps people on the ground 
to do the work that we're doing. So I highly recommend following them. They're also are going to have an upcoming event on uh, training for defense, sweep defense, which like I described, it's not that complicated. So follow them on Instagram. Another Instagram that I like is at sweep alert NYC. They are on Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you notice a sweep notice being posted near um, the encampment of your unhoused neighbors, I recommend ask the unhoused neighbors what they want, if they consent to uh, sharing it publicly so that they can get su uh, support through sweep defense. Um, take a picture of the note and then, you know, contact them and say, these are the kinds of requests that your unhoused neighbors ha have. Um, and then a third one is at rent refusers also on Instagram. And, and these are all Instagrams that, you know, inform you of ongoing sweeps, but also, you know, I learned so much from them of little resources they share, um, what to do, what not to do, what's helpful, who's doing what. Um, yeah. And, and like I said, you know, there probably is people in your neighborhood already. Like I've talked to numerous of my neighbors People do little things, but people don't talk about it. And I really think talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors and see who else is, is aligned with doing this work and just do it together because it's hard alone. Right. Well, Isabel, we thank you for coming on the show this evening to talk with, uh, with us and all of our listeners here in the New York City region about your experiences. And uh, uh, we wish you all the best and, and uh, continue to follow what's uh, going on with those uh, homeless sweeps uh, in your area. Thank you. Okay. We'll be back after a short break. <laughs> 